Hi there, I'm Larry Walsh, and welcome to Pod 2112, the official podcast of the 2112 Group, where we talk with technology, industry, thought leaders, and executives about the trends shaping the market and the world around us. We're living in the information age, in which data is the new oil, the power source for individuals and businesses. We are no longer naive to the things happening around us, thanks to search engines and mobile phones. We can instantly reach out to people and resources to find the answers to questions and problems. IBM's Ginny Romerty predicted that by 2020, no business will make a major decision without consulting some form of big data or artificial intelligence. But we don't have to wait for the next AI or BI application. Everybody wants and needs data today to reveal their options and validate their decisions. The problem isn't that we don't have data or even that we don't have enough data. It's that we're awash in an endless sea of data. Every day the world produces three exabytes of new data. That's three billion gigabytes or more than five times the total volume of required to digitally store every piece of music ever recorded, including Beyonce's latest album. Before businesses can refine and analyze data into intelligence, they first need to know what data they need and where it resides. Businesses struggle to identify, collect, catalog, and manage their data. And data comes from multiple sources and is stored in myriad systems, and the problem just keeps getting more complex every day. Joining me today is someone who knows a fair bit about this struggle, Balaji Samaranian, the Vice President of Global Channels and Sales Alliances at Informatica, a company that helps, with the help of its partners, businesses manage their cloud-based data. Balaji has some tremendous insights into how vendors, solution providers, and customers can work together to resolve this persistent problem of data management. And with that, welcome to Pod2112, Balaji. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you, Larry, for having me on your uh, podcast here today. So, you know, you know, everybody talks about, you know, business intelligence and the rise of data. And, you know, and even preparing for this podcast, you know, I thought about that, that poem, that uh, Samuel Coldridge poem, the, the rhyme of the ancient mariner, water, water everywhere, not a drop to drink. Um, and it made me think about data because we are awash in data and yet we just can't seem to access it to get to that nirvana of intelligent decision-making. That's, that's, uh, that's very well said, absolutely. I think it's a common thing that um, we see in any industry, in any company. You know, I've been working for about 20-plus years now, four different companies across different industries. And in any, any of those companies, including where I am today, um, it's still always a challenge. You know, how do you take this um, vast volume of data that we're getting? And by the way, now we're getting so much more data than when I first started working, right? How do we take all of this data, make sense out of it, and use it properly? You know, I was reading recently an article on how data is uh, really worth nothing unless you use it, right? So this particular uh, author, I forget her name off the top of my head, but data plus use equals value is what you yeah. said, right? And, and that's so true, right? Um, yeah. So it is, an, it is a problem, yeah. Well, I mean, isn't it what, you know, you know Edward Deming said it too, is that without data, you're just another person with an opinion. Uh, you know, and he, he also said, in God we trust, all others bring data. I mean, so it does speak to the importance that is in business to have some basis of reference or some validation, and that's commonly in data, and it just seems that we have this insatiable need for it but also this really uh, endemic misconception about what it is and where it should come from. 
Yeah, you're right. Those are, by the way, that's a great quote. All those quotes that you're giving me are great. <laughs> and you know, all business, all, all businesses are run by people, right? And inherently, all of us, you, me, all people around us, all make decisions based upon data, right? Sometimes good data, sometimes bad data, sometimes incomplete data. And then you throw in a level of gut decisions also, a uh, gut feeling, uh, and make a decision based upon that. But it is important that we rely upon data. And that's why I think we have so much effort in any operation or any function within a company to try to get that data and use it wisely. You're right about getting the data and, and using it wisely, but it's, you know, we don't even have, you know, at least many organizations I, look, I talk with and, and 2112 works with, there always seems to be plenty of data. It just doesn't seem to be the right data. Uh, and I'll give you an example. We, you know, we did an analysis once of uh, channel point of sales data for a company and, you know, they say, okay, our, our, our system of record, the point of truth is, is our ERP system. I said, fantastic. Yeah, they had 22 of them. So, <laughs> what, what, what are we doing? Let's, let's, let's start with not, not, let's not start with the use case yet. Let's just start with what are we doing wrong and even cataloging and managing and, and, and compiling and storing data. I think, I think you, you do point to uh, a common problem where there are many, any enterprise company can't uh, avoid that, right? So you have CRM systems, PRM systems, ERP systems, HR systems, financial systems, all of these systems, social media, all collect catalog data in different formats, different hierarchies, right? You add unstructured data to these streams of data, and then you have a whole bunch of data that's hard to use and make sense of. So it's a common problem in any enterprise, including ours, of how you take this, how you catalog it, how do you uh, then offer it back to the user, right? And, and, and I'll, I'll share a funny story here. You know, sitting down with my sales, so I'm a great example. I'm a person here who needs a lot of data to make decisions and, and run the business, right? And so I work with my sales operations team. And depending upon the time of the day, the day of the week, we could run the exact same report um, off of our Salesforce system and get different numbers, right? Always a challenge for us. Um, and uh, we have to make best use of it right now um, with, uh, with all the myriad of systems that we, uh, that we have around us. Um, I think smart companies, maybe smaller companies that have um, that, that capacity to be nimble and agile are probably doing a better job of being able to have not these many systems, but basically a much, much more limited number of systems where they can look at it as a single source of truth um, from a data standpoint. And, um, but in a company as mine, it's been around for 25 years, billion plus dollars, there's a myriad of systems out there that, you know, again, like I said, you know, when the stars are aligned, maybe you get the same number, but otherwise it's, uh, it is a little difficult for us. So what's the, as you say, you, this is the business, your, your company, Informatica. Um, mm -hmm. What, what is it that you see are the biggest challenges in data collection and management and just even compiling all this? What is it that, that we're doing wrong or we need to rethink? Mm -hmm. Well, I think um, just to set the context of this, you know, what we, when we talk to our customers, we talk about sort of this generational 
disruption that is happening even today. So if I look back, you know, back in, you know, when we were really young, probably back in, you know, the 80s and things like that, you know, data was used for, you know, like specific business applications, payroll, airline reservations, retail transactions, etc. And then I would say around Y2K, 2000, 2001, et cetera, over the last 10, 15 years after that, data was used more to support enterprise-wide business processes, supply chain, uh, quote to cash, those kinds of things. And I think where we are right now, we call it the data 3.0 world. Everyone is going through this huge digital transformation uh, exercise and effort, and they're trying to make their employees more productive, and they're trying to make their customers uh, have a much better experience um, with their solutions and and things that they sell. And you add on to that this explosion of data, right? I think I read the other day it's like 15, by 2020, we're going to have 15.3 zettabytes per year or something. I don't even know what a zettabyte is, but it's a lot of data, right? I, I think... I think that's actually if there was if that was equated to dollars, it would be about as much as Jeff Bezos is worth. Right, exactly, exactly, right. Three hundred twenty-five million, you know, new users, and 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 as you know, there's all kinds of new data types: mobile, social, social, IoT, right? Throw that in there, data in the cloud, etc. Um, and so, you know, um, I think machine learning and AI. Um, I think that is really going to be what is going to help us even more as we go forward in terms of being able to use this data in a much more effective way. Um, because I think data management is really going to be driven by a lot by AI. Um, we in our platform, so we, we take all of this data that can be integrated or can be governed or can be secured or can be mastered. And we add, actually add uh, what we call Claire. Uh, it's our, our AI solution and we use that from a metadata standpoint to be able to effectively understand our data and to effectively use it in a much better way. Uh, so I think that's kind of what needs to happen and probably will happen as we now enter this what we call our data 3.0 world. So what comes first though is when you, you, you gave out some use cases from where we mm -hmm. from whence we came, but mm -hmm. Should we be thinking about use cases when it comes to managing data, or should we be thinking about good just data hygiene? Do we need a? Is there a common taxonomy that everybody should be employing, or is there should be a baseline taxonomy that the that enterprises should be employing before they even get into the point of now? What do we do with it? Uh, we have a lot of discussions with our customers around data, right? Um, and um, what we tell them is think big. All of you are driving digital transformation. So think big, but start small, right? So you want to be able to execute uh, quickly and in a meaningful manner and generate an, uh, the proper ROI when it comes to data and data management and use of data. And so for every time you have any type of data project, I'll call it, um, you know, understand it, understand the use case. So make sure you know how to discover your data. It's amazing, even in our company, right? Um, how, where all of this data resides. So first of all, know where your data is, discover your data, right? And then the second thing is provide governance around that data. It's, it's again, you know, we, we are all, you know, in any enterprise, you have many functions, sales, legal, finance, HR, uh, marketing, et cetera provide governance around all of that data from a workflow standpoint, et cetera. Secure it, 
that's important, right? Uh, and this is where I'm tying it back to the sort of the GDPR conversations that we're having with many of our customers and then master it properly. And then you can put a nice layer of analytics on top of that. And that's when you can start to effectively use that data in a much, much more meaningful way and probably a much more cost-effective and easier way also. So that's kind of what we're talking to our customers about. And um, it, it gives them an idea. And a lot of times, you know, again, all of us as people, we, we're very uh, anxious, we're very enthusiastic, we're very optimistic, and, and we think big and we start big. And we're, the counsel that we're giving people is start small. Think big, but start small. When you talk about setting up governance and, and even establishing these systems, this is not a trivial exercise. It requires a lot of forethought and it also requires a lot of skill in addition to the underlying technology that makes it all happen. Do we have the right amount of human capital, human resources in the market to do this? And is this an opportunity for your channel partners? Absolutely. This is exactly what we talked to our partners about, right? Is that the enterprises that you're working with don't probably have enough expertise. They don't have enough time. They don't have enough human capital or resources to be able to do this well. Yet they are faced with huge fines now. You see it every day, right? Um, CISOs and CEOs and CFOs being fired because of, you know, data security issues, et cetera. And so that's why from a partner-facing standpoint, we tell our partners, you can now truly become a trusted advisor, more than a trusted advisor with your enterprise customers. You can actually be a consulting uh, success type of manager for them that drives this and go in there and, and help them, right? Because many of them need help. They, they, they just don't know how to do it. It's amazing. Um, how many, how many customers now we're talking to who raised their hand and said, you know, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting till May 20th. I think that's when the GDPR thing went into place. And now we're panicking and, hmm. um, we need to show them. We need to show them that we're trying, we're, we're trying to show, you know, all of these, you know, officials that we're, we have a plan in place. And so, so a lot of our good partners, right? Um, um, smart partners are seizing this opportunity and going in there. And, and, and it's interesting uh, just to add another little, uh, interesting note on this is how partners are um, forging relationships with organizations that they never have done before, like legal firms, right? All of a sudden, legal firms are now um, great to work with because they're all focused, you know, all customers are going to legal firms and saying, how do I protect, how do I be compliant? And so legal firm is a great person to work with now and get a lot of leads and work with those customers. So it's kind of interesting seeing that. So does that mean that companies like yours need to, in, in, in point of fact, that the enterprises as well need to engage in a multitude of different types of companies in order to effectuate a, a data management and data analytics strategy? At times, yes, right? It depends upon the, the type of customer. It depends upon the type of industry to some extent also. But there are many people, if you remember going back, you know, what, 20 plus years or whatever it was, it's very similar now, uh, if you especially look at GDPR, is the SOX compliance regulations created, I would say, a whole set of people and skills that were needed for those enterprise customers to be able to implement and be compliant with SOX. Very similar is what I would say from a GDPR standpoint also. To be compliant, you know, there could be designers or, like you said, technologists, uh, legal firms, um, you know, data scientists, et cetera, that are being used and employed. Um, for example, 
we just hired a chief data officer. You know, in the 20 years that we've been in existence, 25 years that we've been in existence, we've never had a CDO. Um, we've never had a CISO till about a year and a half ago. So just in the last 18 months, we've hired a CISO, we've hired a CDO. Um, we're working with partners ourselves uh, to be able to implement and be compliant um, with many of these compliance kind of things that are happening. In California, where we are, we have a, you know, different set of uh, rules and compliances that we have to uh, uh, um, meet. So, um, yes, um, it, it really depends, though, upon the customer and the industry that they're in also. So when we when you talk about this though, is that you know this this ecosystem we have to engage in the flood of all this? Is this a riddle that can be solved? Is this a puzzle that we will ever complete, or is this is data management one of these exercises that we're constantly just going to have to keep learning and refining and and iterating until we get it right, or we get it to a point of where it's functional enough to provide us with that information or that that raw resource to feed. Data 3.0 in big data, uh, big data programs. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's the latter. Um, you know, I don't think we will ever hit uh, what we will call a perfect spot or a perfect stage. Um, I think it will continue to evolve. I think we we will get better um, in terms of being able to uh, take data, um, ingest it, you know, cleanse it, uh, and use it wisely and effectively. Uh, but it's always going to be, I think, in our lifetime at least, a struggle, right? Now, I think, like I said earlier, um, AI, though, artificial intelligence, machine learning, that could really help uh, help us uh, get this data to be much more um, uh, usable and valuable. So looking forward, what do you think the biggest opportunity in the foreseeable future or in the near future, it doesn't matter. Is a, What do you think the biggest opportunity for data management is going to be? What, what comes next and what do you and your partners need to be looking at? Yeah, I think, um, so, so a couple of things, I'll, I'll give you a couple of um, points on that. And one of the things that I think we should all remember is, um, uh, and, and when I was at Cisco, um, the, um, the internet was just about to take off. This was in early 2000, 2001, things like that. And Cisco recognized the power of the internet. And um, as they talked to customers, we even had a slogan and advertisement, all that kind of thing. And we said, you know, um, data is really, I mean, sorry, the internet is really going to be the, the next utility. So as we talked to state state leaders, prime ministers, presidents all around the world, they said, hey, just like you have the responsibility of providing water, gas, electricity to your citizens, because that's something that they absolutely need to have, they can't live without, internet is going to be the fourth utility. And I think in that same vein, I think what we have now is we've entered this world now with data 3.0, where I will add now data as being sort of that fifth utility that we can't live without. We can't live without water, gas, electricity, or internet. And I think data is now the fifth utility. Um, because it's certainly, just like the internet changed the way we work, live, learn, and play, I think data is prevalent in everything that we do in terms of working, living, learning, and playing. And so, to your point, I think as we peer ahead and look ahead, you know, this, this, this zettabytes of data that I mentioned, uh, and this explosion in data volumes is not going to stop. It's going to continue. And the next thing for data management, I think, really comes from probably two things. There, 
somewhat related also, but um, AI, right? Um, machine learning and artificial intelligence is going to be big, big, big thing in our lives. And it'll be really going to be interesting to see how it's going to be able to help us take all of this myriad of, of data and to be able to use it more effectively and smartly, right? Um, and then sort of coupled with that, I'll, I'll kind of put in IoT is the next big uh, opportunity I think everybody talks about. Um, but I think that's going to take over and the way we work, live, learn, and play are going to be governed and influenced greatly by AI and sort of all the IoT devices out there that's collecting all this data and need to use all this data to, again, you know, shape the way we work, live, learn, and play. So I think those are big opportunities for companies, for partners, uh, for all of us to, to look ahead and um, continue to um, sort of focus on those kind of things. You know, I, I think it's interesting you describing data as a utility. I, I tend to think of data as being currency. And, right. You know, yeah. and, and, and a few months ago, I was sitting on a CEO roundtable, and for various reasons, they got into, this is even before the entire Cambridge Analytica Facebook thing came out. Mm -hmm. um, started talking about data privacy, and we got to get data, data privacy under control. And I looked at them all, and I said, do you want to make, better data-driven decisions? Do you want to have all that, that great intelligence that's supposed to come out of all this analytics so you, you know, you have, it's flawless, risk-free decision-making? They go, oh yeah, I go, then you got to figure out how to turn this into a currency and get people to understand that they're spending every time you share with them. And, exactly. Yeah, you know, and that to me is, to, I, I kind of look at that as the next great challenge is that if we want to keep having all this data coming in, then we're going to have to figure out ways of making sure that there is an equitable exchange of, of exchange of value or risk, if you will. Right, exactly. And I think that's a good way of phrasing it, um, exchange of uh, value and risk. I think um, in, in, uh, if, you, if you view it that way, I think you take a much higher level view of it, and that allows you to be freed from you know, the sort of the constant um, consternation uh, <laughs> or frustration sometimes we feel around using data. So... Um, yeah, that's a good way. So think small, uh, think big, start small, understand the equitable exchange of value and risk, um, and um, you know, keep going strong, man. That's what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> Great advice, man. Great <laughs> advice. Hey, Balaji, thank you so much for for taking the time to join us today. Thank you, Larry. I really appreciate it. And there you have it. You found another reminder that data is more than just a character on Star Trek by listening to us talk about data management on Pod 2112, a production of the 2112 Group, a business strategy and research firm helping technology vendors around the world build better routes to market. I want to thank our guest, Balaji Samaranian of Informatica, for joining us, and I'd like to thank all of you for listening in. Please join us again next time when we talk with industry thought leaders and executives about the technology and market trends shaping the world around us. In the meantime, please take a minute to subscribe to Pod 2112 on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast outlet. By subscribing, you'll never miss a single episode. For more information about 2112 services, check out our website, the2112group.com, or email us at info at the2112group.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Thanks again. I'm Larry Walsh.